Well, I can't wait to meet our host. I hear this is only one of his beat parties. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Hello, people. Welcome back to Too True to Lie with Harry Day. My name is Harry. It is nighttime. Middle of the night. No one's in the house. I've been waiting on my internet to get back and my dogs to stop wrestling. So now I can actually do the show that I had planned to do tonight. And we're going to do the car. Uh, the. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to drink some of my tea. Tonight's show is about the history of guitars. Not a difficult word to say, but apparently I've been drinking. I don't drink, so I haven't been drinking. What is that sound? Well, let's just jump right to it. It's been a crazy week, and it's only Tuesday. So, if, if this episode just doesn't do it for you, sorry. Go listen to an earlier one that you probably haven't listened to. Anyway, the guitar is defined as an instrument that has a long fretted neck, a flat wooden soundboard, ribs, a flat back, and often incurved sides. Now at the moment we're talking about the early guitars such as the acoustic guitar. You will be surprised at how far back in history the guitar goes even though it would be called something else. The term guitar refers to the number of chordophones that were developed and used across Europe beginning in the 12th century that would be the 1100s and later, and then much, much later in the Americas. A chordophone is what a guitar is considered when you have vibrating strings over a sound box, typically in the early days. That's Button drinking water back behind me. He thought it'd be a good time to just drink some water. He doesn't drink tea, but he might if I'll let him have it, but that's for me. All right. A 3,300-year-old stone carving of a Hittite bard playing a stringed instrument is the oldest iconographic representation of a chordophone, a.k.a. guitar-type instrument, from Babylonia showing him playing an instrument that has a strong resemblance to a guitar, which seems to tell people that Babylonian or Babylon, or the area of Babylon, probably the Middle East, is the origination of the guitar or chordophone or whatever they called it. The 
English word guitar, the German word guitare, the French word guitare, <laughs> I may not be pronouncing these correctly, are all adopted from the Spanish word guitarra. The Spanish got the word from the Arabic or Latin culture, which came from ancient Greece, the word kathara, starting with K. The word kathara is mentioned in the Bible four times and is translated in English as harp, which is a stringed instrument. Now there were many influences cited as antecedents to the modern guitar. Many of these early quote guitars that were made in Europe and Middle East have been lost to history. However, in medieval Spain, the lute lasted through the time period into the, its own future. And the four string oud, O-U-D, could be oud, could be oud, which was brought to Iberia, which is the Sp Spain, by the Moors in the eighth century. So that's a four string instrument brought to Spain in the eighth century. That's the 700s. It looked different than the lute or the guitarra. There were at least two instruments called guitars in use in Spain by the 1200s. Um, there was a Latin guitar, basically the Spanish guitar, and the Moorish guitar. Both of these evolved from the other instruments I just said. The guitar Morsica, the Moorish one, had a rounded back, wide fingerboard, and several sound holes. The Latin guitar had a single sound hole and a narrower neck. By the 14th century, these type of guitars had been dropped and had evolved into guitarras or guitars. Now, the Spanish vihuela, called in Italian the viola de mano, or the hand violin, was a guitar-like instrument from the 15th and 16th centuries, and they are widely considered to have been the single most important influence to the development of the Baroque guitar, which basically is the guitarra, or the modern acoustic guitar. It had six strings, lute-like tuning knobs, and a guitar-like body. Although the early representations show the instruments with a sharply cut waist, whatever that means. It was larger than the contemporary four-string guitars that were around then. By the 16th century, these vuelas 
became more commonly visible like the modern guitar with curved one-piece ribs and larger bodies. Now the vihuela had a short period of popularity in Spain and Italy during an er era that was dominated elsewhere in Europe by the lute. If you want to learn about the lute, you can look that up. L-U-T-E. So, moving on. Meanwhile, the five-string guitar was dominating Spain in the middle 16th century. It was popular in Spain, Italy, France from the 16th century to the 18th century. This is the five-string guitar. There were a lot of different plucked string instruments in these millennia, or would they be uh, centuries? Yeah, centuries. Being used during the Middle Ages, but they all just faded out of popularity and form and production and there are almost no actual instruments left to see in museums or anywhere it's just just writings about them pictures you know seen in paintings etc well finally around 1850 the 19th century the structure of the modern guitar really hit home in Spain some guitar makers like Soleres and Jurado increased the body of the guitar altered the proportions and invented a breakthrough fan braced pattern. This bracing pattern to keep the body of the guitar from warping while tuning and untuning it and just basic use and, and travel is the same basic structure used today in acoustic guitars. This structure improved the volume and the tone of the instrument and thus the modern acoustic guitar six string some five but six string was was in the in the works by the 19th century had come to be so we can go back almost as far as the eighth to 12th century to have a basic similar structure of what our um, not common not popular our modern acoustic guitar is like so here we are in the 20 20s or in the 2000s or in the anyway yeah the 2000s so I mean 
The acoustic guitar is a thousand years old. That's incredible to me. Obviously, drums and flutes go way further back. Before Christ. But I, I had no idea that guitars, stringed instruments alone, go back so far in our history. I mean, who thought to take a, a, a string, and the early, early guitar strings were made from uh, what was called catgut, and I, I hadn't looked it up, what catgut is. Um, maybe it was made from cat guts? I don't know. I probably should look that up, but there's so much material. Well, we're going to jump into the 20th century and move into the electric guitar, which requires external amplification in order to be heard volume-wise, unlike a standard acoustic guitar, which is meant to be in a quieter atmosphere. An electric guitar is meant to be amplified in a larger open area concert style arena or whatever it uses one or more pickups on the facing of the guitar it picks up the vibrations of the strings which are metal turns them into electronic signals and runs them through various sound amplifiers or sound tweakers to loudspeakers to provide a loud sound. Now these electric guitars early on were originally designed by acoustic guitar makers and instru instrument manufacturers because there was a demand for louder guitars in the big band era of the 30s and 40s. They needed louder guitar performance to match the horns and the drums. Seems like, gosh, I guess it would be quieter than a violin, but I'm thinking of Bob Wills and the Texas Playboys, Texas Swing Band. They had an amplified guitar, but the piano was not amplified, and... I mean, I guess they just had common mics up for... I mean, he had 16-plus people in his band at times. He was as popular as Glenn Miller. Anyway. So, manufacturers were messing around trying to find ways to pick up the signal or that vibration of the strings and run them through a speaker of some sort. They used electromagnetic transducers <laughs> in the early parts. Because while the big bands were playing and they were orchestra-sized sometimes, guitar players realized they needed to be amplified and electrified so they could be heard too or they were just blown off the stage. These first electric guitars were used in jazz bands the ones that were used were hollow arch top acoustic guitar bodies with electromagnetic 
transducers. This is before solid bodies. They were making special hollow bodies. Because that's what they knew was hollow body. Guitars were all hollow bodied. So the first electrically amplified string instrument to be marketed commercially was a cast aluminum lap steel guitar nicknamed the frying pan. 1931 by George Beauchamp. He was the general manager of the National Guitar Corporation. You've heard of an all-metal guitar called a National. That's who made them. Vice President, who was in charge of this operation of making amplified string instruments, Paul Barth. Now, Beauchamp and Adolf Rickenbacker invented the electromagnetic pickups. These were coils that were wrapped around a magnet that would create electromagnetic field that converted the vibration of the guitar string into electric signals, which could be amplified. They went into commercial production in the late summer of 1932, the year my dad was born, January 1932. The production was done by the Ropat N Corporation, which was short for Electro Patent Instrument Company. This was in Los Angeles. This was a partnership of Beauchamp, Rickenbacker, and Barth. Did they know what they were getting into or onto and how huge it would get and popular? Who knows? Big business. In 1934, the company was renamed the Rickenbacker Electro-Stringed Instrument Company. That's a mouthful. And that year, Beauchamp applied for a United States patent for an electrical stringed musical instrument. And the patent was issued in 37. By the time it was patented, though, other manufacturers were making their own designs of electric guitars. Um, early electric guitar manufacturers were Rickenbacker in 32, Dobro in 33, National, Audiovox, and Valutone, Volutone in 34, Vega, Epiphone, and Gibson in 35, and then many others by 1936. This is during the Great Depression that these people are... Who's buying these things? They were not cheap, even in 1930s money. So, moving on, there was a company making the Electro-Spanish Ken Roberts. That's the name of this model guitar. It was the first full 25-inch scale electric guitar ever produced. I guess that's what we uh, have today, roughly, in electric guitars is a uh, Commonly a 25-inch scale. I don't know if that's the neck or the whole thing. The Electro-Spanish Ken Roberts was revolutionary for its time because it provided players a full 25-inch scale with easy access to 17 frets on the fretboard. Okay. Unlike other lap steel electrified instruments, Produced at this time, the Electro-Spanish Ken Roberts was designed to play while standing upright with the guitar on the strap over the 
player's shoulder, much like acoustic guitars. This electro-Spanish Ken Roberts was also the first instrument to feature a hand-operated vibrato as a standard appointment. That would be the Wawa board. It was a device that they called the Vibrola. It was invented by a man named Doc Kaufman. I'll be dang. Um, it is estimated that fewer than 50 electro-Spanish Ken Roberts were ever made between 1933 and 1937. And only 10 are known to survive today. I wonder where they where some are just sitting in a closet in the attic. You know they're out there. You know they're out there in LA, you know, somewhere. Austin. Who knows? So this solid body electric guitar, which is made of solid wood, has no resonating air spaces. The first solid body Spanish standard guitar was offered by Vivitone around 1934. This model featured a guitar shaped body of a single sheet of plywood affixed to a wood frame. Weird. Gibson's first production electric guitar, which was marketed in 1936, was known as the ES-150 model. The ES stood for Electric Spanish, and the 150 stood for the $150 price of the guitar and the matching amplifier that came with it. Now this is the 1930s, 1936, $150. You could probably buy a car for that. Or pay rent on an apartment for a year. Well, this ES-150 guitar featured a single-coil, hexagonally-shaped bar pickup designed by a man named Walt Fuller. This guitar became known as the Charlie Christian. Oh, the pickup became known as the Charlie Christian pickup after the great jazz guitarist who was the first to ever perform with the ES-150 guitar. The ES-150 achieved popularity, but actually suffered from unequal loudness across the six strings. There was no continuity. It's too bad. There was a functioning solid body electric guitar designed in 1940 by Les Paul from an Epiphone acoustic arch top as an experiment. It was nicknamed the Log Guitar because it was basically a wood post with a neck attached and two hollow body halves attached to the sides for appearance only. Probably similar to a cigar box, except different. <laughs> it shared little in common regarding design or hardware with the solid body Gibson Les Paul, which was designed by a man named Ted McCarty in 1952 when it was introduced. The feedback associated with the amplified hollow body electric guitars was understood long before Paul Les Paul's log was created in 1940. I guess that would be the first uh, hard body. Um, although a man named Gage Brewer from Ropatton 
1932 had a top to a guitar so heavy and so reinforced that it essentially functioned as a solid body instrument. But basically Les Paul's with Gibson and Ted McCarty created what has become known today as the modern electric guitar with the hard body. Now, the reason I needed my internet to do this episode was I wanted to find musicians' guitar nicknames. And I couldn't get on my internet, so I couldn't do it, so I wasn't going to do it. And then I looked down and I had five bars, so now I can do it. And this is a little interesting just to close this little silly episode out on guitars we have Eric Clapton he had a 50's Fender Stratocaster that he calls Blackie it's black and white but that's what he calls it it's made of parts from three different Stratocasters and he bought it in Nashville in the 1970s. He retired it in the mid 80s and it brought a price of $959,500 in auction to, to support the Crossroads Guitar Rehab Center. Okay, Neil Young has a Gibson Les Paul gold top that he calls Old Black. He traded something for it in 1969. It's gone through numerous modifications, but he still has it. Uh, Bruce Springsteen has a Telecaster that is a 50s era Fender Esquire. It had, doesn't have a nickname. Why it's on this list, I don't know. The most famous, I would think, besides BB King's, is Willie Nelson's acoustic guitar Trigger. It is a Martin. Why is my. For some reason. My computer is just hyperventilating. Is there anything in the movie thing? No? Oh well. We'll just have to deal with it, right? Pretend I'm riding in a convertible. Anyway, Willie Nelson's Martin N20 guitar, which he uses nylon strings, is called Trigger. He's had it I've read the book about when he got it. I think it was in the 60s. But he's played it so much that he's, he doesn't have a pit guard on it. It was made that way. And he has played a hole into the uh, actual face of the guitar. Okay, Prince 
has a guitar he calls Cloud. It was designed in Minneapolis. It is a uh, custom. Doesn't say what it is. It's just custom. Um, Jimmy Page's favorite guitar is a double guitar, 12 string on top, 6 string on bottom. He used it to play Stairway to Heaven. Uh, it doesn't say anything about it except it's a double neck Gibson EDS-1275. George Harrison used a Rickenbacker 12 string. It was his favorite guitar um, that he got in 63. No, no, the company owner gave the guitar to the group. And they did their first U.S. tour. Uh, that might have been '63. I, I don't. I wouldn't lie. Paul McCartney has a Hofner violin bass. He just liked the shape of it. He said it had more symmetry and it made him look less daft playing left-handed. Whatever that means. B.B. King's famous Lucille. He got it for. $30. He ran into a burning Arkansas dance hall to retrieve it in 1949. The fire was started by two men fighting over a woman named Lucille. And he has used the same name for all of his guitars ever since, including Gibsons and Telecasters. In 1980, Gibson began manufacturing a BB King signature Lucille model. An ES-355. It has Gibson Les Paul. Sound innovator Les Paul team with Gibson. Made electric guitars in 1936. Probably the most popular. Or one of the most popular and well sold. Guitars and it all started with a. Contraption called the log. Stevie Ray Vaughan had a Fender Stratocaster that he called Number One, also known as his first wife. It is a 1963 Fender Strat with a 1962 neck. He can't play it anymore. Oh, neither can Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen called his Stratocaster Frankenstrat because of its design that he did on there. Here's something I didn't know. Jerry Garcia had a guitar he liked to use more than others that he called Tiger. He got it in 79. It was built in Sonoma County outside of San Fran, I imagine. 13 pound guitar considered a hippie sandwich because of the several layers of wood laminated together. Now Tiger's successor was another Irwin created guitar that he called Rosebud, but it was in need of repair in the summer of 95 and so he went back to playing Tiger. That would be the guitar that he played last on stage because he died that early fall. I saw him that Spring in Memphis. I don't know which guitar he's playing. No one told me. 
Now, there's a man named Lonnie Mack who was the pioneer of rock guitar solos. He used the tremolo bar exclusively. He called it the whammy bar because of one of his instrumental hits, Wham! And uh, it's possible that that coined the term whammy bar. 1958, Mac bought one of his first Gibson Flying V's right off the production line, and it became his signature guitar. Because he is of Native American descent, he liked it because of its arrow-like shape. Pete Townsend kept nine guitars on or side stage when performing. His favorite was number five, wine red colored. It was his favorite for whatever reason. Um, supposedly, Jimi Hendrix Monterey Stratocaster was his favorite guitar that he burned. He was asked why he burned it. Um, he said something like, uh, what was that? I just saw it. He said, you sacrifice the things that you love. I love my guitar. And so he burned it. I don't know what happened to it. Let me go back down here and see what it says. Um, replicas of the guitar that were burned, though, are still popular. John Meyer even plays one. He was a huge fan of Jimmy Hendrix. All right, Randy Rhodes, the man who flew a plane into Ozzy's bus and they all crashed and Randy died. Amazing guitarist. His guitar, it was an angular, almost like a flying V, but not quite. Angular guitar from what was called Jackson Company. He called it Concord because it looked like a Concord. Um, Metallica's guitarist Kirk Hammett plays one. Randy was really good, too. It's too bad. Keith Richards. Favorite guitar was known as Macabre. It's an early 50s butterscotch Fender Telecaster tuned to open G with the sixth string removed. He named it after a character he liked in Dickens' novel, David Copperfield. Macabre, I guess. Bo Diddley used to make cigar box guitars. And someone had a solid body, large scale, shaped cigar box style guitar that became his thing. He even gave one to Dick Clark after doing a career making appearance on American Bandstand. I wonder what song he did. I think Gretsch makes these guitars. And last one, Kurt Cobain from Nirvana. D he designed his own guitar by taking Polaroids of a Fender Jaguar and a Fender Mustang and cutting them to fit together. Why would Polaroids do that? I don't understand that. Um... 
Fender actually began producing that guitar after his death and his uh, widow Courtney Love gave her husband's favorite guitar a powder blue prototype Fender Torium's Peter Buck Kurt Cobain had called his guitar Jagstang Jagstang so that is our show on guitars I'm wondering how much background noise we're going to have I'm not real close to the microphone I don't know why my computer wants to just breathe so hard at me it's like it's having to cool itself down but it's not having to do anything very strange um again if you can look up CajunNavy.com or .org or whatever just look up Cajun Navy and find the donate link and donate a little money to helping all the people in southern Louisiana affected by that hurricane we had a few weeks back. We got a tropical storm that's coming on shore and going across that very area and just raining like hell. Luckily, no bad winds or surge. Just rain. We're getting some here, but it's light. Um, love your family. You know, I talk about how you need to get in touch with your relatives and talk with them, even if you haven't in a long time. And I got hit in the face today by something that made me wish I had done something like that. Uh, one of my cousins, who's older than I am, uh, had a massive heart attack and died in the shower this morning. And was not found until that evening by his wife. His sister was killed in a botched drug raid that went to the wrong house. And they went in and shot their dogs. And his sister's man shot them because they weren't wearing any identifying clothes. This was on national news. It happened in Houston. And so more officers came in and killed him and then shot my cousin. And she wasn't armed. So now my Aunt Joanne has outlived both her children who are fully grown and older than me. And I'm 51. And uh, my mom and I are going to have to do something to help Aunt Joanne um, move her up here. Whatever we got to do, whatever my mom wants to do, we're doing it. Uh, my mom is looking into maybe moving into a retirement home, which just kills me. But she's 84, even though she can get around and drive and do stuff. But life, you know, life will just reach out and thump you in the face when you least expect it. So you, if you want to be prepared, 
talk to your family, talk to your friends, stay in touch, let them know how you feel and what you think about them. And I don't mean like let, tell them they're assholes. I mean like just tell them you care about them, you think about them. And I have my same theory with, with strangers. Smile, kind words, the ripple of kindness goes out, hits others, ripples out further, touches more. You improve your community. Um, I'm going to go pick a song out now to shut this baby down and then go, I guess, watch some kind of lighthearted uh, show on Netflix or something. Like Trailer Park Boys. Something just to, you know, it's been heavy this last week. Other things going on. Too much going on. And it's all out of my control. So you just pray and hope for the best and do your best, right? Anyway, peace. Over is a grocery store. You gotta stay all night. Stay a little longer, dance all night. Dance a little longer, pull off your coat. Go in the corner, don't see why you don't stay a little longer. On a man like a dog on a bone, you gotta stay all night. Stay a little longer, dance all night. Dance a little longer, pull off your coat. Go in the corner, don't 
why you don't stay alone. I said, stay all night. I said, dance all night. Dance a little long. I said, pull off your coat. I don't see why you don't stay a little long. I said, stay all night.